With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chelsea are champions once again. Welcome to another episode here of the Talking Blues podcast. I am Josh and I am joined by both of my co-hosts here with me, Alex and Peter. And we are here to discuss the FIFA Club World Cup final. Chelsea victorious in a 2-1 win over Palmeiras. I, I can never get that right. I think I might have gotten it right this time. You guys can clarify how I most likely didn't get it right. But you know what? I'm going to keep... Is, is it right, Alex? Is it right? Um, I think Palm- I'm just going to go with yes. Palmeiras. 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 Sure. Wonderful. And we had Roman Abramovich, the Chelsea owner, who actually doesn't come to many matches, came to watch this one, uh, the Chelsea victory. Maybe he was on the edge of his seat, although didn't look like he was on any seat. Man looked like he was floating into nowhere, into space, away. Now, emotionless, as Alex and Peter were telling me uh, kind of before recording, is uh, any time Roman Abramovich seems to watch a Chelsea match. But you know what? I want to think he was on the edge of his seat in that one, okay? And he was very happy that Chelsea won. He had some talk, you know, had some quotes with Thomas Tuchel, talked to him, congratulated him on the win. Congrats to Tuchel as well. And we can get into how he almost wasn't there to witness uh, and hold the trophy high in the air. Again, uh, both of my co-hosts are here. Alex already spoke, so now I send it to Peter. Peter, how are you? I'm doing well. Obviously, being champions of world is something to celebrate, so it's a good day. It's a very good day. A good win, too. I mean, it was sketchy at times. There were times where it was not looking great, but we pulled out a win. We got a win. Tuka was there. Tuka won. Abramovich uh, got to witness a subpar Chelsea performance, but nevertheless, a performance that made us champions of the world, and Chelsea have now won everything, so... You know, it's a great day, and so I'm happy to be here to talk about it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Thomas Tuchel, best manager in the world. Kai Havertz, best player in the world. Romelu Lukaku, best striker in the world. It's just all the best in the world right now. That's how it feels. I'm sure in two days, I'm going to be back to calling Lukaku Lukaka and, and Kai Havertz yelling and screaming at how he missed a shot. But for right now, all these guys, they're at the top. I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy. And uh, it's I, w- I was texting Peter this. This is the one competition that I've never seen Chelsea win. I've seen Chelsea win the Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup, the Super Cup. I've seen the, uh, com- I mean, if you want to talk about the community, uh, quote unquote, charity shield. You know, it's it's very nice to see your club win everything. And Chelsea have won pretty much everything. The Europa League, that's another one. Um, the only thing I haven't seen them win is the championship, and I hope I will never see them win the championship because they're going to hopefully always be in the Premier League. So I- I'm very happy, I'm proud, and uh, this team really 
you know, this wasn't an easy game, right? You might think Palmeiras, like, this is a team, you know, they, they don't have any good players. They fought till the end, and that, that stadium was filled, filled with Palmeiras fans. Um, it sounded like a, like a giant orchestra uh, singing for Palmeiras. It was insane. Do we know why it was in Abu Dhabi? Was that just, like, the neutral location? Yeah, I think so. That's where they okay. do like the FIFA Club World Cup, and they also have a lot of money there. So they and the FIFA, FIFA president was there as well. There was a lot of like yes. board members and a bunch of people there. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool environment. Honestly, I thought it was a really fun game to watch. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how quickly we want to get into this. I, I was gonna say that's two goals in two games for Romelu Lukaku, right? Uh, coming from the semifinal. Yeah, two goals, two games. Yeah, sixty uh, percent of the Club World Cup goals have come from Romelu Lukaku, so or more than sixty percent. I mean, we we already, if you haven't already, go check out our other episode reacting to the semifinal of the Club World Cup. We talked about it in that episode that the goal was kind of a chip in. We we knew it was it was an easy one, you know, off a deflection. This one though, it's a really nice goal for Romelu Lukaku today on a header connecting with uh, I want to say Callum Hudson Odoi, uh, who who sent in the nice cross. And I'm happy about it. I'm happy about the result. I don't know how quickly we want to get into this. So I'm just going to, I think, I I think I want to go right into it. I do. Hmm. Where do I start though? Like, I guess, I guess we could start with the first 45. The first 45 minutes of the game uh, was pretty even. I think Chelsea were definitely on their heels uh, from the get go. I think uh, Palmeiras, why am I saying it like that? But Palmeiras, uh, you know, (laughs) they, they, they were pretty good. Uh, from the beginning, they had some really good shots on goal. Uh, I think I think it was interesting, right? We can go to that. We were talking about Mendy, Keppa. Who's going to do it? Who's going to start, right? It turns out to be Mendy here. Tuchel makes his decision. He goes with the guy that he favors more, even though we're like, okay, uh, Keppa's the Club World Cup he- keeper. He'll, you know, he'll put him in there. It didn't seem like that was the case uh, in this match, obviously, as Mendy got the start. So there's that to talk about. There just there's a few decision subs that you know maybe could have come in. Alex, what do you what what do you got to say here? I would say with the decision, I was actually very surprised that we went Mendy, and I think that really showed our intensity and focus on this competition. Because usually, uh, I feel like you stick with the keeper when it's a certain competition. You stick with that keeper, barring any injury, controversy, etc. I was very surprised that they went with Mendy. In terms of the first 45, I thought Chelsea looked a bit slow. It looked like we weren't really uh, on the pace. It felt almost as if we were a bit isolated. Uh, it kind of felt like uh, Kovacic was almost too far deep, and then Conte was almost too far on the wings. It felt like we had no midfield. Uh, it felt like, because Kovacic was mostly hanging around that left wing back spot, whereas um Conte was more at that right wing back spot and felt like we just had this empty gap in the midfield in the first half. In the second half, that changed, but that's just something I noticed in the first half and I think Tuchel addressed at halftime. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, would I mean, specifically about Kovacic, how you said he was drifting more to the left the wing back spot. I mean, I think there's obviously a need for that because when you sacrifice, obviously Marcus Alonso didn't start this game. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi played at left wing back. Obviously, not his most natural position. 
So obviously he's not going to be able to play the position. He's not very good defensively, which I think is why Kovacic kind of stayed out towards the left a bit more because we were going to need some def- uh, defensive help on that side because uh, Kalmatinor loves to attack. Like uh, he got the assist for the goal because he was in that position. Uh, he was forward, but then he didn't track back a lot of the time. So I think uh, Kovacic obviously started trying staying almost a bit too far wide to try to compensate for that which is what left that giant gap but obviously Conte kind of did that too but that's less because of Asby in his position more that Conte just runs everywhere and sometimes he runs a bit too much and leaves himself out of position so I definitely do think Tuchel probably said something with that he obviously made I think Josh you were going to talk about subs he made some subs to kind of address that changed formations multiple times throughout the game uh, I think this is a very good uh, game from Tuku. He obviously did make questionable decisions for some of the subs, but we got the win, so that's all that matters. I don't know. I I mean, Peter, I think that uh, something I was going to bring up was just Ziyech, uh, you know, in this match, Tuku making a little bit of of transition or uh, substitutions, right? Subs, not starting Ziyech in this match was it the right decision. I don't know. I don't know. I, it came into extra time at the end of things and almost went into penalties. It was very close to that point. I think uh, Havertz's goal to double check on that was in the 117th minute. So we were very close to having penalties and having it come down to that. I actually want to know because th- this is like an interesting thing to me. I know it's always normally been this way. With penalties in general, when it comes to football, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you think it should go? extra time until someone like you know until someone finally scores and however long it is until uh that quarter or the the half ends or the rules are fine and and it's like perfectly fine like do you not like when it comes down to penalties i just feel like it's always been that way uh at least from when i've been growing up so i just have no problem with it i think penalties is a great way to actually finish matches you know it's uh you're on the edge of your seat most of the time i just want to know what your guys his thoughts on that just changing up just a little bit i mean you kind of said it best where it's your entire life you've known penalties and clearly if it's been that way for so long there's obviously it's a good thing and not a bad thing because if it's a bad thing people would be wanting change and they'd want to change it but no one's calling for anything i think it's a fair way because you can't just play forever because eventually obviously there's a limit to subs so players are just going to be completely tired it won't be good football it'll just be kicking uh, bad passes, uh, not being able to track back. It'll just be a wide open game, which could be interesting for some, but it's not actual well done football. It's more just people being forced to play. And I think right now that 30 minutes of extra time is a good spot where you can still play football and you can play it well. And it's not to the extreme where it's a risk to players and their health and then ending it in penalties. I think I mean, it's five shots for each team. Uh, penalties are what you should be scoring. So, I mean, it's a fair way because it's it's a test of your finishing and your goalkeeping, which are the two extremes, uh, the two things that determine if you win a game, if you can score goals and if you can save goals. So, I mean, I think it's a great system. And obviously, it's been around for so long. Everyone in the footballing world agrees that it is just a great way to end a game because, I mean, it's exciting and you're on the edge of your seat the entire team you're like oh are they gonna score are they gonna miss and it's just fun it's nerve-wracking when your team's in it and you like can't watch it like the Kai Havertz penalty that wasn't a penalty shootout but that penalty I was so nervous for and that's what makes penalties exciting because it's a one-on-one and having five of those which determine the winner of a game I just think it's a great way to end the game 
Well, I didn't realize I'd be on such an opposite spectrum on this one. I hate penalties, man. I don't think it's a good way to end the game. I'm one of those people who thinks penalties, no, just let them play. You know, for like kind of, I'm more of instead of uh, extra time, like that set 30 minutes, I'm like a golden goal type of guy. Um, whoever scores first, they wins. Uh, they win. And that that's really what I think they should do. And hey, they get tired, it's going to end quicker, right? Eventually one team's going to out, you know, out last the other and that's how it's going to work that would be my number one way to do it i think golden goal just play till someone scores that's my number one option my number two uh is i don't actually watch hockey but if anyone does watch hockey i know josh watches hockey i think peter watches hockey just kind of doing like those one-on-ones like starting from the halfway line um and then do that instead of like a just a straight up penalty from the penalty spot i think that would be a bit more creative and skillful uh rather than a penalty shootout in the way we do it now and then i guess my third option would be the penalty shootout but uh yeah that that's kind of how i look at it in terms of the order and josh is probably shocked right now that i just brought up a nhl thing uh considering i have no idea about anything about hockey yeah, so uh, responding to that, this is why I brought this argument up because I felt like there was at least going to be some split or it, it could have been all agreement, whatever it was, the talking point. So Alex, it's actually funny you say that because, uh, you know, a lot of people hate shootouts. I think Peter agrees with me that we, we both very much dislike shootouts in the NHL. We've hoped that it's changed. It doesn't seem like it ever will. Um, and I just, Alex, this isn't FIFA practice arena. So I don't know where you're getting the idea that... I- Ronaldo like should it. start from the halfway, you know, the half. Th- that's a lot of running. You realize he's going to have to start at the halfway line, go all the way. Maybe to, not the halfway line, like maybe like 20 yards outside the box and you start, you know, I, like, I think that's a much easier way to score than penalties. Honestly, I think the goalkeeper isn't favored in anything, but for a player to be able to kind of go wherever they want, make all their moves. The goal, I mean, the goal just gets no. bigger and bigger. Yes. No, I don't I, think so. Cause the goalie could close down space. You can force them onto one side or the other and make them uncomfortable. Like I, the closer I think they get to the ball, the bigger the goal is Alex. The cl- Yes. The closer they get, but also goalkeepers, there's different strategies to that. Now you can stay further back. You can come out right to the ball. You can try to close down the uh, player. Like, I just feel like there's more strategy in that, but like I said before, that wouldn't even be my top option. I do golden goal, play to, I'm not going to say play to the death, that's ridiculous, but play till someone scores, because eventually someone will score, probably. Well, luck- <laughs> well, luckily, penalties didn't become a factor in this one. As Chelsea, we were able to get it done in extra time. Again, Kai Havertz with the winner. Kai Havertz coming up very clutch uh, for the team today, getting the penalty, and then also drawing a red card uh, in this match as well. Peter, Talk about his impact today a little bit. Uh, if anybody has watched the podcast since the beginning, where it was the original summer transfer window when we signed Kai Havertz, I've always been a, a big believer in both of the Germans we signed that window, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. Uh, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Timo too, because I think Timo had a very good game today. He looked confident. He was taking players on. His finishing was uh, not good, but that's to be expected. At least he was contributing in other ways with good crosses and good dribbling. But you did ask me about Kai Havertz, and Kai Havertz also obviously had a great game. I mean, I think I texted Alex about this in the first half when he he has all the abilities 
to be a great player, but he just doesn't use them. He, like, can do everything perfectly and do everything well and do everything up to the ability that, like, you'd want from uh, one of the best young players in the world, but he just doesn't do that. He misplaces passes, he messes up his dribbles, he sometimes is just terrible at finishing, but then he also always comes up big. He scored the gold in the Champions League final. He scores the penalty here. He drew a red card towards the end of the game, which definitely put the game away. I mean, he's just the definition of a big game player. Like, he he may not have all these great games, and he may not be the most consistent player, but when it matters, he steps up and he delivers, which obviously isn't ideal for an $80 million uh, signing, but he's won us two competitions in the short time he's been here. He's won us the Champions League and he's won us the Club World Cup, which, depending on how much you value these trophies, could be worth $80 million as a whole. And yet, we still have many, many, many more years of him be- still being able to develop and still being able to be one of the best players in the world, even though he's already this clutch and this good and can impact the game in the way he can. And what I'd say is that he is like... Didier Drogba that you know I didn't really get to see much of him uh, obviously at his different stints at Chelsea um but in his original stint obviously around that first Champions League final which is when I uh, started watching Chelsea back in whenever what 2012 um but he is that type of player he's a big game player who shows up in big occasions and that's what's most important and you know he's won us now the Champions League, which got us into this competition, the Club World Cup, and now we have won the Club World Cup uh, in part due to Kai Havertz. And I, I like how he stepped up uh, stepped up for the penalty. Uh, it looked almost like Aspie was going to take it originally, and Peter and I, I know both, almost had heart attacks. Uh, and then Kai Havertz stepped up, and we were still a bit worried. Um, but hey, he drilled it, and uh, I- I'm I'm very happy that he took uh, he stepped up, he took responsibility. And that's really the sign of a big game player. And that's always something you're going to need uh, at Chelsea Football Club when you're a big player. And we play in a lot of big games. Was I the only person to think that Romelu Lukaku was going to be the penalty taker? Well, he wasn't on the f- uh, he wasn't on the pitch. Oh, he was off by then? Yeah, he was off. He came off like, what, 80th minute or something like that? So that was like 117th. So yeah, he'd been off for like 30-something minutes. All right, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's get into the VAR decisions because that's obviously a big deal, uh, in the sport of football, whether it's the premier league, the champions league, and here now in the club world cup, FIFA, you know, has implemented it and, uh, you know, many leagues are using it. So two VAR decisions today, the handball for Kai Havertz's penalty, right. To set that up. And then the red card, were they two right decisions? Were they two wrong decisions? Was it split one, one? Your guys' thoughts on the VAR decisions from the match today that basically set the tone to end this ma- to end this game. I mean, the, talking about VAR in general is kind of a fine line because VAR is VAR, and you know there's going to be good and bad decisions. I wasn't upset with any decisions. I thought they were all fair. But, you know, talking about VAR, I don't really like to do because I think... I think everybody can agree that VAR is good to an extent, but it's not great. And there's obviously issues and there's problems, but the decisions that made were fine. Uh, So, you know, I'll just leave it at that. The decisions they made were fine. VAR stepped in when it needed to and made the right calls, which I guess is what it was for. But 
VAR, whatever, it's VAR. That, that That's basically my opinion. With the VAR decisions, I think they were all right. Um, so nothing really bad that happened with those decisions uh, in terms of VAR. So I was completely fine with it. I did want to bring up one other topic, though. I've seen lots of salty fans on Twitter bringing up how Chelsea are celebrating a, a non-important, a, a charity match, a, you know, a friendly competition, so, you know, like, especially some Man City fans who, of course, are salty about the fact that they lost the Champions League final and are, you know, no closer to winning one anytime soon right now, um, even though they are probably favorites coming into this season's uh, Champions League knockout uh, group stage or uh, knockout stage. But I think Chelsea fans can celebrate this all that we want. We've seen everything else. We've seen the Premier League. We've seen the Champions League. We want to win this competition and we want it. We're going to celebrate I don't really care what other people say. The last winner is Bayern. Didn't they not win the Club World Cup? Or is that, again? Um, Bayern, I don't even know who won the last. I'll, all I know is Liverpool won in 2019. That's about it. Okay. Well, um, no, I, I do I do think this is a, you know, it's a worthy celebration, right? We can use now the, instead of the champions of Europe, the champions of the world. Um, you know, that's something that they added into their, into their Twitter bio and I'm going to use it now, you know, maybe when I do these intros to the podcast. So thank you, Chelsea, that adds another element here. Um, obviously this isn't as like low of like a, a trophy as the Carabao cup. Chelsea also gets, you know, money from this. They get a good amount of, what was it? 5 million, uh, they're, they're going to gain from winning this trophy. So, you know, it's exciting stuff. Uh, I'm happy that they're, you know, that they won. Why wouldn't I be? They were able to celebrate even more. It gives the team another boost. Gives Roman another trophy. And I want to have. I have the stat here. Uh, he has transformed the club, now winning twenty-one trophies in the last nineteen years since two thousand three, which is unbelievable. Great job by Roman Abramovich uh, after he's coming after he's coming as owner uh, of Chelsea Football Club. And I guess Peter, you can you know get your responses here. Uh I'm not really sure what to respond to, uh, but Roman as a whole, as an owner, you know, he's been a great owner. He's helped us so much. He's made us, he's made Chelsea into Chelsea. And now, you know, he's won it all. He's won everything. He's, and he deservingly so. He deserves to have all these trophies because, I mean, he's the catalyst to all of this. Him buying the club, injecting these funds, uh, setting everything up, you know, some of his policies, you know, manager-wise, not the greatest there's been problems but it's chelsea is chelsea and chelsea is successful and they're very successful and this is just another trophy for him it's it's nothing new and he's just a great owner and he helps us he he is what allows us to do all of this so thank you roman and i think i mentioned earlier in the podcast about how thomas Tuchel almost wasn't in abu dhabi he actually mentioned i guess it was his post-game press conference saying several times i was on my way to the airport then on my way back because the pcr test was not negative um uh, i finally made it arrived for dinner on saturday on time though i had no chance to be a part of training Tuchel said it was back and forth and we were running out of flights the flight was second to last to make it the last chance would have been to arrive this morning. I took the meetings today, tried to do as normal, but it was my first day here, and now we leave. So uh, Thomas Tuchel obviously missing the Club World Cup semifinal due to COVID-19, almost missed the Club World Cup final where Chelsea would have you know, obviously won, uh, and you would assume the same result whether he was here or not. 
But Tuchel could have very well, you know, maybe his decision-making, his tactics. The Tuchel masterclass led to this uh, Club World Cup victory. I, it's it's crazy. He could have not lifted the trophy today. He could have not been with his squad uh, as they won. So I'm glad that he was here. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, Asby was here and, and was playing in this match because we don't know what his future holds with Chelsea, right? So, or we do know what his, no, we, we don't know what his future holds with Chelsea. So, um, you know, that's another, we're, we're happy that our captain is able to get that another achievement, another award, another uh, trophy under his belt. And from me, I'm, I'm ready to go to the stats as long as that's okay with you guys. Chelsea. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say he's won everything now uh, that a player can win just like Chelsea have won it all. He's been here for pretty much all of it as well. So uh, congrats to him. Yeah. His career, let's just say his career with Chelsea came at the right time. uh, If there were any to, to, you know, to be playing during, um, if that makes any sense, (laughs) let's go to the match stats. Chelsea led in shots, 20 to 11 shots on target were split three, three evenly Uh, 71% possession for Chelsea throughout this whole match. A lot of that, the bulk of that coming in the second half and obviously extra time. 790 to 321 Chelsea-led passes with pass accuracy, 87% to 66% uh, for Palmeiras. Fouls, 22 to 19. Chelsea-led that. One yellow card, three, or one yellow card for Chelsea, three for Palmeiras. And then the one red card. Not a lot of red cards when, uh, you know, I'm talking about Chelsea games. And that one was for Palmeiras. Four offsides for Palmeiras to zero for Chelsea. And then seven to three corners, Chelsea led that. Before we go to the match, uh, the player ratings, if anyone doesn't know, we've been doing this recently. Alex and Peter guess the player ratings, and then you know those player ratings are out of 10. It's from Absolute Chelsea Sports Illustrated, uh, you know, their ratings, and they base it on we base it on that. And then obviously the 11 men on the pitch. We go out of 11 players, how much they get. The most they've gotten was seven for 11. Anyway, before we do that, did you guys all see the clip of after Havertz scored the penalty? Uh, Rudiger went to celebrate. He grabbed a chair or something like that, threw it back into like the crowd or yes, like the, he's a madman. He's yeah, a madman. the the like or like the over the boards. And then he was just so, I guess, amped up. Took his fist and said, you know what? Corner flag, you're mine now. Did a quick one-two punch. Knock the corner flag. <laughs> what is my man was swinging at air. I mean, the corner flag has no like the corner flag is just something on like a uh, what are those things called? Like a spring. <laughs> what is Rudiger doing? Uh, Peter, did, were you able to see that? He's a menace to society. Yeah, exactly. Rudiger. It's Rudiger being Rudiger. That's what he does. He's he's insane, and that's why we love him. <laughs> uh, just a great funny clip there. And then uh, Christian Pulisic and who is that? Malang Sar having fun doing the gritty, which is known throughout America and the NFL I uh, have been doing that a lot. Speaking of, probably listening to this either on Super Bowl Sunday or after that. So, uh, yeah, that, that was a fun part, looking at the locker room, the dressing room there. All right, let's go to the player ratings, shall we? Are you, are you guys ready? Do you think you can get more than 7 out of 10? 7 out of 10? Or 7 well, out of 11? Peter and I sold last time, so let's see how we do this time. <laughs> I'm concerned. I love how Peter, no response to that. I was 
waiting to start until he said something, but nothing. So oh, we'll just, uh, has I nothing mean, to say. He should I be mean, ashamed with his performance from last week. My All performance? Right. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, okay. Mm, I see how it is. All right, Alex, Peter, I'll try my best to keep up with it, but uh, Alex, if you can help me out, or Peter, whatever, whoever it is. Um, I'm good at counting, I think. Uh, if you can do stuff out of 11, then, I mean, I'm really proud of you. I think you should earn, cool. like, a medal yourself for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. Edward Mendy, the goalkeeper for Chelsea in this match, instead of Kepa, what was his rating out of 10? Six or seven, probably. I think seven, probably. Yeah, I was thinking it's more of a six, but you know, he did get the win. And so I think since it's a big win in a big game, all the ratings are going to be up a bit. So I'd say yeah. seven, too. Seven. Yeah, nah, you should be relying on Peter. I don't know what you're doing, guys. Peter, rely on yourself. Six out of ten for Edward Mendy starting yeah. it out nicely. With an 0-for-1 score, let's go to Andreas Christensen, the first center back we mentioned here. What did he get out of ten? Probably a six out of ten would be my guess. Oh, I'm thinking I'm more of a seven. So, you know, that's always great when we disagree on the first two. Uh, fine, let's go seven. Because he okay. did have that really nice cross, to be fair. That's true. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you said it. I think we were in texting during the game. The best cross we had all night, man. Yeah, best cross <laughs> we had all night. Except but except I think that was before the uh, Odor uh, cross and goal. So. Yeah, that's true. I would say that was the best cross of the whole night. I mean, the yes, thing that, that led to the goal. But anyway... Yes, correct. One for two, Andreas Christensen, a seven out of ten, Tiago Silva. Tiago Silva had the handball, which was really bad. Ooh, true. So that probably bumps him down a bit. I'm going to say six out of ten. I'd still say seven. So, you know. I just think they're going to value that really low because that was a bad mistake. Yeah, I think but we won six. the game in the end, so it didn't really matter. So Yeah, but if Christensen was a seven, Tiago Silva did nothing more than Christensen did. He hurt yeah, the but team I, more than Christensen you know, But I just think he's getting a seven. So, uh, <laughs> You know, we can go six, and then when it's seven, I'm going to be five, happy. Six. I'm going six. Well, Peter, you could be happy because you guys just got it right. It's a six out of ten for Tiago Silva. Two for three so far. Your final center back, or no? uh, Yeah, final center back. Yeah, final center back, Rudiger. He's the man of the match, I know. I know he got voted man of the match. So I'm going to guess he's probably nine out of ten. I think that's what it might be. I mean, I think he was an eight, but because he got man of the match and we won, I think it's probably nine. I, I agree with that logic. I'll go nine too. Yeah, nine. Oh no. Oh no. It's I, eight, might isn't to, it? I might have to read this description actually because the seven out of ten. Bro. For Antonio got man Rudiger. of the match. What are they on? <laughs> two for four, you guys are. They have a formidable showing from the German who locked down the left flank virtually by himself while Hudson Adoy was given license to fly further forward. His eye for a pass was exquisite. And yet they gave him a seven out of ten. Yeah, uh, wait, Says, uh, wait, 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 wait. I no, just wait, got, wait, I have wait. to just say that there was nothing negative at all in that, and yet they gave him a seven out of ten. They they said like it was an exquisite performance. How how are you giving that a seven out of ten? Oh, you count it as a point for us because obviously we were right in our hearts. They were just wrong. Nope, not doing that. <laughs> uh, Cesar Asby Laqueta, I think you are two for four right now. Uh, Asby, what do you get out of ten? Seven, probably. Yeah, I'll say seven. All right. Good job. Uh, Three out of five. Let's go. Three out of five on the way there. Conte to start the midfield. Also a seven? 
I think seven. I think he played really well, actually. I think he should get an eight, but I think they gave him a seven. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. He, he, he had an interesting performance. He played very well at times, but he also was out of position. He lost the ball a few times. And he lost yeah. the ball a few times. So yeah. I think seven's seven. kind of fair. Yeah. Seven. On a roll, four for six, Mateo oh, yeah. Kovacic. Oh, he was good today, too, but I think it's also going to be seven. Oh, but it could be an eight. Uh, this one's this one's a bit of a tough one because I think he was better than Conte, but was it good enough to bump him up to an eight? He he definitely did, but Conte was really good. I think he's. I think Conte was great today. I mean, he played a few really nice balls. He lost the ball a couple times, but right. besides that, I feel like Kovacic was a seven. He didn't really do much uh, except for that pass or that uh, you know dribble up to the Lukaku goal. So I'd probably right. say seven. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you here. I'll go seven. Okay, so we're slowing down a little bit. That's oh, four God. for seven, right? Uh, Mateo Kovacic, is, am I right? Four for seven, Alex? Yeah, four for seven. What, four what for did seven. They gave Kovacic a six out of ten. Description oh, or no really? description, we move on. Uh, no I want to hear the description. Oh, okay, for this. fine. Description. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Peter gets majority. The Croatian Dynamo was a shave off the pace today. Having a tough time in the tackle while struggling to find pockets of space between the lines. Press resistance was fine, but after he had beaten the press, he seemed befuddled as to what to do next. I love their... Uh, their uh, the wording. It's one of them. That's why we do this. That's why we do this. It's because I can't read, so that's funny that way. And it's also <laughs> because it's just fun to read, uh, <laughs> even though I can't read it. Cal hudson Adoy, what did he get out of 10? Uh, it wasn't really great besides the assist. Hey, that's what I'm going to say. It's six, but then a seven for the assist. I think uh, I think they gave uh, If you think six, this- if you think six, I'll go with six too, because I can see why it's six. I think six. Yeah, I think six. He, I mean, he most did nothing of his, besides right. Yeah, he, he was he was average or probably more likely below average Low the average, entire yeah. game until then. So, yeah, I'll, yeah I'll go, I think six. You were on there with a below average for basically the entire game. This is probably one of the... I haven't looked at the other ones yet past this point. This is probably the longest description I have seen on a player. Calum Hudson-Odoi, according to Absolute Chelsea, gets a 5 out of 10. But you guys have 4 for 8. So I assume you want me to read this long description? I mean, we know that he didn't play great. We thought that we were just going to bump him up because of the assist. But yeah. if Peter wants to... I- uh, I'd rather not hear 15... <laughs> Badly pronounced words and oh, taking five minutes, so you know <laughs> we can just move on. Calum Hudson Odoi was perhaps one of the biggest surprises of Thomas Tuchel's team selection. This was a distinctly average performance from the young Englishman, if not a poor one for vast wits. Word oh, <laughs> again, swass, swass. I'll just move on. <laughs> His tracking back was negligible. And he found himself struggling to get better of veteran Marcus R- Rocha. Roach? Roche? I don't know who he is. Uh, that is until he took the bull by the horns by making a beeline for the byline by... and Ooh, that's a good one. And clipping in a delicious cross that Romelu Lukaku ate up gleefully. <laughs> so while his overall game was not his finest hour and a half, his inspiration was exactly what the doctor ordered. Get it? Cause doctor ordered food. Also, oh, oh guys, oh, so yeah. funny. <laughs> I don't know what was funnier, you reading it or what they put. I think what they put was more funny, to be honest. All right, four for eight, right? So let's go to Mason Mount and start this front three. 
Well, he was off after 30 minutes. I mean, can they even give him a rating? I mean, that's kind of unfair. They do. So, yeah, I mean, he was he was just kind of there until he got <laughs> yeah. taken off. So, you know, it's either a six or a five. So, Do we have an update on Mount, by the way? Uh, we do not. It's something with his ankle, like Achilles, it looked I mean, like, he uh, based fine on the, the wrapping. He seemed fine in the celebration, celebrating, so right. I, I think yeah. I think we'll be fine. All right, well, let, what, what are you guys going with? I guess six. Six. This one's just hard to do because, I mean, he only played 30 minutes. Five out six. of ten for Mason Mount. Four for eight. No, four for nine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Kai Havertz. Ooh. This is this, a very interesting one. Because he played not great, but he came up with a big moment. Exactly. So. He scored the winning penalty, and he got that red card, but those were in the last five minutes of the game. And besides that, he was good-ish? I'm going to say seven or eight, but I'm mm. not sure which one. It should probably be like a six to seven, but they're going to give him an eight because, you I know, it's a massive eight, yeah. goal, big goal, winning goal. So, yeah, and he was eight. decent, so eight, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, eight. That's what he got. Kai Havertz. Uh, that's five for ten. Can you finish out strong? Get six at least. Romelu Lukaku, the striker for Chelsea. What does he get? Probably a six would be dessert. I'm going to go six because he really, like, even more than Havertz, he did nothing besides the goal. Right, yeah. He, he, he scored the goal and then got subbed off because he wasn't doing anything after the goal, and he really wasn't doing anything before the goal. Without had, the goal, he would have gotten a 4 out of 10. I mean, he did have that one nice uh, setup to Pulisic. That's true. In the second half. But, I mean, he had very many, many bad touches, very many giveaways. Uh, yeah, I think 6. Yeah, 6. 6. Wrong. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, 7 out of 10 for Romelu Lukaku, which puts you guys at a 5 for 11 in today's Chelsea player ratings in the Club World Cup final again. Congratulations to Chelsea champions of the world. Uh, Very exciting. What's also very exciting is we're finally going to see Chelsea playing in the Premier League once again. Uh, First time, long time. And that's going to be happening next Saturday against Crystal Palace. I don't know if I'll have a preview for that. I assume it'll just be a recap next weekend. Uh, But that's going to be all for us. Um, But a few few shout-outs and places to... You know, check more of our content out on uh, before we get out of here. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Talking Blues Pod. You can follow Alex on Twitter at Anoring23. I'm on Twitter at Josh Hello29. Also, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On both of those platforms, you can rate us five stars. On Apple Podcasts, you're able to write a review as well if you want to do that. So, give us that positive review on there. You can also go to shipitstudios.com slash talking blues that is shipitstudios.com slash talking blues what can you do on there well on there it shows you all the links that you can find the podcast and you can even listen on the website as well so for right now for alex for peter i'm josh saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of the talking blues podcast go chelsea and we are champions of the world Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.